1: Welcome into another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. We've got breaking news into the pod as LSU has hired Bo Polini to be its next defensive coordinator. The Youngstown State head coach makes his return to Baton Rouge, where he spent three seasons as a defensive coordinator, helping the Tigers win the 2007 National Championship. He's spent five seasons as Youngstown State's head coach. And now is back in Baton Rouge to replace Dave Aranda, who left for the Baylor, deep, uh, the Baylor head coaching job. I'm Billy Umbody with me, Shay Dixon. Now to react to Bo Pelini making his return. Shay, this is something that's been expected, I think, for the really the last week and a half. And, and on Monday, we thought maybe it'd be Monday night or Tuesday morning, but it, it came out about Monday around lunchtime that that Bo Pelini was the guy. And, and then shortly thereafter was announced.
0: Yeah, and and pretty quickly, Youngstown put out a statement. Bo Pelini put out a statement. Um, he said he was excited to get back here. And, and obviously, for the people who remember him from the Les Miles era, from 05 to 07, he was the defensive coordinator here in Baton Rouge. Obviously, it was part of that 2017 that won a national championship, had a lot of studs on it. But, I mean, he coached everyone from Glenn Dorsey to Kyle Williams uh, when they were in college at LSU. Ali Highsmith was – uh, one of the best linebackers in America, they had some great DBs roll through during those years, um, and, and we're really really successful. And I think uh, people will look back, Billy, and say because he was at Nebraska, right? And, and we can touch on that briefly, um, but also at Youngstown State, he hasn't been in a DC role since '07 when he left to become a, a college head coach. But uh, during those years that uh, that he was a DC, and and I know look, we witnessed it this year. Offenses have changed. Plenty since 2005 to 2007. Uh, but back then, um, he finished never below, and it was third each year, uh, number three in the country in total defense, which would be yards per game allowed. uh, And it was right in the 250s the whole time. I mean, 260, 240, 280. Uh, but each year, that was number three in the country. Never had a defense that allowed more than 20 points per game on average in a season. Uh, his lowest output was 12.6 per uh points per game, uh, which was number two in the country. I think that came uh, in his 2005 season. So I know, look, again, defenses have changed so much, but this year's LSU team, for instance, was giving up 22 points a game. Last year, 29 points a game. Um, The lowest Mark Aranda hit was his first year, Uh, was 15.8, which is really on the top end uh, of what those Bo Pelini defenses did. And you could get down into the passing and the rushing and all that, Um, total defense-wise, Aranda never finished inside the top 10. He had a number 10, uh, a 12, and then in the past two years, uh, they were outside the top 25 both years. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how he comes in and picks up, but uh, I think we've seen the track record, right, that he's been at LSU before, he knows the culture down here, he knows the the fit. There's a lot of people, not coaching-wise, that are on-field coaches, but uh, working in football ops and working in athletics that were here, uh, when he was here. So he's got familiarity with them. But uh, I think the big thing that everybody is going to be looking forward to, and I think it's almost a foregone conclusion at this point, uh, is the shift back away from a 3-4 defense uh, into that 4-3 defense, Billy, which is what LSU for so long and so many other great defenses uh, were 4-3. And when Aranda got here, they made that transition. But uh, we've talked about it. I think we're both in agreement that uh, they'll be moving back towards the 4-3 for me I think that's one thing Ed he has been public about it. So uh, I think we get the sense that uh, with this hire, he wanted someone uh,
1: that could put forward down linemen with hands in the dirt. Yeah, and play a little bit more aggressive too. And just from watching some of the reactions from the players, Andre Anthony already tweeted about how he's excited to play with his hand in the dirt again. So a lot of those edge guys, you'll see, you'll see them get back to some of those those freak shows coming off the edge, you know, from a sprinter's position and and getting after the quarterback something Caleb on Chasson did a little bit more this year as they kind of went towards more of an aggressive front and made those changes late in the year that resulted in, I think mean, gosh, just some of the best defensive football over, over a few game stretch that I've seen, just being able to shut down Georgia and Oklahoma and Clemson and, and certainly what they did to an extent with Texas A&M as well. And, So we knew that the 4-3 was something that I think Ed wanted to get back to. And so they do that. Glenn Logan was excited about it. He tweeted about it uh, when Dave Aranda left. And so it's like you said, it's been a, it's a, one, it's been a pretty poorly kept secret that Bob Bellini was going to be the guy, I think, for this job. And then it's also been kind of a poorly kept secret that Ed O'Gron wanted to see more four-down looks. And I think they'll be pretty multiple in a way uh, because you do have guys like Tyler Shelfin and Apu and Jacobi and Guillory who are going to be you know, true nose tackle types, but the way they're going to do it is just going to look a little differently. And it's not anything, I think groundbreaking to to have a four down front where, you know, Caleb on Chasson was coming off the edge with a three down look. And you're really just having him play as a stand up defensive end. So um, I I think you'll just see more of an aggressive style and that's Ed style. And I think it helped LSU this year, you know, ended up, you know, winning a national championship. So, um, I, I think this is a, a great move uh for, for Ed Odron to bring in somebody that one has a lot of ties to, to people that Ed trusts. You know, Shea you meant before we started, he spent time with Pete Carroll in the NFL and so came came highly recommended from, from Pete and um you know, Corey Raymond was was here at LSU uh, while uh, Bo was uh here as the defensive coordinator and then also went with him to Nebraska for a year or so. Uh, A lot of familiarity here, and and Ed kind of gets back to, I think, hiring out of people that people in his coaching tree or people that he's worked for really, really trust.
0: Oh, for sure. And I think it all goes back to the Matt Cannon hire, right? I mean, that was outside of anyone who had ever coached, you know, kind of in his circle. No one had had an experience with him, and uh, he hires Matt Cannon, and things just didn't work out. And, And, you know, even midway through the season, Uh, We knew that was the case. They had lost to Troy, and things just weren't sitting well. They got blown out at Mississippi State, barely scored any points. Uh, And since then, with each hire, there's been some sort of connection to his past and people he trusted. And Ed Orgeron's never been shy about saying that one of his biggest mentors in football is Pete Carroll uh, from their time on the West Coast together, obviously. Um, But whenever Pete Carroll was moving his way up the NFL ranks, um, he was with the 49ers as the defensive coordinator – Bo Pelini was his DB coach. And then uh, they spent a couple of years there together on the West coast. And then uh, obviously Pete Carroll became uh, the head coach of the new England Patriots. And when he did, he brought Bo Pelini with him and named him a linebackers coach. So now you've got, whether it was DB, a linebackers coach, he had Carroll on or he had Carroll had Bo Pelini on his staff uh, and obviously liked him. Um, And and Bo Pelini continued to move on and up with his career and and jumped into college and uh, moved around in a few spots. But, uh, I think point being is that we know that Orgeron in times like these, especially a hire this big, a coordinator, leans on people he trusts. And uh, I've talked to a number of people that said Carol, um, or I should say Pelini came highly recommended by Carol after uh, the two of them had, had spent time coaching together and, and have been uh, subsequently after the fact uh, buddies over the years and kept up with each other. And uh, I think for a number of reasons, this it makes sense that um, this was kind of the guy they targeted. We never heard really any other names beyond kind of hearing rumblings of rumors of who they might have interest in. Nothing matched kind of the seriousness of, look, They're this is target number one and, and they were able to get it done. And um, look, there've been reports out there that you're looking at right around 2 million um, per season uh, as a contract, which is a lot more than he was making at Youngstown state. But uh, I think these days, uh, Billy is, it seems like that's about the going rate right for a team that's, uh, playing at the level at LSU is and, and wanting to, to get a top-notch coordinator. Um, so we'll see how it works out. But again, I think that this is best summed up by someone, uh, kind of the opposite. And again, Joe Brady was pass game coordinator. It wasn't like he was OC, but Orgeron is putting people in place, especially at a spot like that, a coordinator spot that A, he trusts. And that B have either you know have been in the position before, and Beau he's not only been a DC, he's been a head coach, so he gets how it works. And I think Orgeron has a sense of comfort with that reality, with knowing a guy's coming in here and he doesn't have to really look over his shoulder at all times that things are getting handled or done because he's been here before in the position, he knows how to do it. And uh, I think for Orgeron, that helps him sleep a little bit better at night.
1: No question. And look, on the other side of this break, we're going to talk a little bit about what he might bring to the table. Obviously, a two-time head coach at Nebraska and Youngstown State now taking over at defensive coordinator for LSU. Maybe what it means on the recruiting front to, in a way, and then kind of look back on just kind of how we got to this point with David Randall leaving for Baylor and now with uh, Bo Collini in charge of LSU's defense. We'll be right back with more after this break from the Go 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
0: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call
1: 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening to us here as we continue to react to Bocalini being hired as LSU's next defensive coordinator. Jay, I, I want to touch on something that I think is really key in this hire because even though Ed Ogeron has certainly proven all the doubters wrong and they've won a national championship, He's hired a former head coach, a major major program, and, and certainly uh, you know one that that had some success at Youngstown, going to the FCS uh, title game, uh, I think in his second year at the helm there of the Penguins. And so I think adding a former head coach here is actually a pretty big positive out of this whole thing because, let's face it, there's not many defensive coordinators out there that'll bring that to the table.
0: No, and as they were sort of going through things and names were popping up and. and LSU's done a good job. Certainly right now, we're not sure which direction they're going to go in with the other higher on offense, which was a passing game coordinator. Do they stay there. Or do They go for a different role. But um, point being, they kind of kept things tight-lipped. And the same kind of with defense coordinator, but every time I would reach out to a source or two that I trusted to know what was going on on it, they would continue to say, yeah, look, Pelini is Coach O's number one guy that he's focused on right now. Um, but when I would toss out other names, Eventually I just got shot down and said, listen, he's not hiring anybody that is not either a current head coach or current defensive coordinator. Uh, I think that sort of goes into what you're saying is that yes, he's you when you hire a guy like that that's got that sort of experience, that knows both how a head coach you know works and understands and how he wants his building run and a guy who's been in a DC spot, let alone at LSU where he played for a national championship and won they won double-digit games, they won a Sugar Bowl, they won a Peach Bowl. When you've got a guy that's competed at that sort of level and has coached that sort of talent, future NFL talent, I think you're coming on the par with what's going on right now at LSU. I mean, they're in a pretty similar situation to what they were in there of, of having back-to-back double-digit win seasons, playing for those big bowl games, having a roster filled with the NFL talent. Um, and, and I think for – For Orgeron, he found in Pellini, and and there probably are others out there, obviously, but uh, a guy who, when you've been through all that, nothing will surprise you. Uh, And I think one big question, we don't have an answer to it right now, is uh, what kind of recruiter will he be? Um, And look, recruiting has changed a lot uh, over the years. Now, granted, he's been a head coach. He's been recruiting at Nebraska and Youngstown State. Um, But with Aranda and with Chavis, which were two of the guys who stayed here multiple years, Kevin Steele, Uh, was in between them, and and he's a really great recruiter. But Aranda and Chavis had no real interest in recruiting, and that was kind of just understood. The other assistants handled it. Um, They wouldn't really be primaries on any guys. They were just there to coach. Will that be the same with Polini? Is he a guy uh, that turns out to be a pretty good recruiter? Um, If he is, you know, if he is into recruiting at all, that'll be sort of a different experience for us who cover recruiting than we had with Aranda who – you know he would pick out a linebacker or two in each class, but beyond them, he wouldn't really be the point man on any recruit. Um, and that's just kind of it's how it was. It wasn't a big secret. So I'm pretty interested. I know that he is a you know he's been around the block. He's been in the NFL in college. He gets it. He knows how to coach defense. But um, does he bring you anything on, on the recruiting front? Um, and again, I don't have anything to to back it up. When you've been at Youngstown State, you're not recruiting like you are at LSU. And even when you're a head coach, you aren't recruiting the same like at Nebraska. So it's been, what, since 07, since he recruited as a defensive coordinator, but uh, it seemed back then they were reeling in some pretty impressive guys. Uh, I am very curious, and we're not going to know an answer for a while, maybe even a year, but uh, what do young recruits think of Pelini once they get some face time with him?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That's probably the most intriguing thing about this, because even even if he enjoyed recruiting, which, you know, look, at. Talking with people on the Nebraska side of things, they they said he wasn't an over the top recruiter, but you know not that many. That just might be a are. coordinator thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, that's a, Ed O loves it. He's a head coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's not many that really love it like like some of these head coaches, like Ed Ogeron or. Well, if you've
0: State got Man a yeah, whatever. if you've got a defensive coordinator who maybe doesn't love recruiting, I think the one good thing to feel good about at least is that your head coach actually does love recruiting. Like you said, that's not the norm. And he's a defensive guy, so maybe he can pick up some slack. Uh, he's certainly done it over the years with Aranda random them.
1: Yeah, and it, and it does seem like full staff is going to stay in place at this point. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? And, and look, Bill Bush had done a good job, especially uh, with Apu Ika and guys like that, getting him on board. Um, Bill Johnson, we're kind of going to find out, I think, really, how good of a recruiter he is. Obviously, Dennis Johnson has now left for Baylor. He had a lot of the ties with the the 2020 class. But if Bill Johnson can help land Birch with Ogeron, that's a big, you know. I think feathering his cap to an extent. I know it's kind of an Ed Ogeron recruitment, but still, um, you you gotta you gotta like your defensive line coach or whatever position coach you're committing to 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 you know end up playing for that school. I really I really believe that. So Pliny will recruit linebackers, and then you've got Corey Raymond. So they've got a strong recruiting staff around him that can really help, like you said, pick up the slack if he's not interested in it as much as uh, some others are. Yeah, and no doubt, and like, like I say, I'll go
0: back to that, is that when your head coach cares more about recruiting than probably anybody on your staff, uh, then you're in a good spot, uh, and Orgeron will make sure that sort of everything on the defensive side is is accounted for there, and look, the one thing Orgeron has preached on is he wanted to get bigger and better in the trenches on the defensive side, and uh, you mentioned Burks, but boy, this class, they signed some, uh, some really good players uh, in the early signing period across the, the defensive line, and uh, obviously McKinley, Jackson, and Burch are out there. We'll talk about them more on the next pod. We really aren't focused on recruiting on this one. But uh, they're there for sort of the taking at the end, and teams are battling for them. But uh, you do get the sense that um, even with meatball gone, Bill Johnson, like you said, will enter this year as second year on staff as D-line coach and, and really get a chance to hit the road. But uh, he's got a a nice little – uh, what room for growth or a, a nice kind of incoming class, uh, that's going to arrive to campus both now and, uh, in this summer to to begin with because, uh, boy, I think what five, six guys have signed that'll end up playing with their hand in the dirt or can toss in some edge rushers like O'Jalari and Webb and, and count them as kind of defensive line type guys as outside linebackers. This is one of their better classes in that regard. Since Orsgran's been here, in my opinion, I guess it would be the best.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, just top to bottom. I mean, all those guys, I feel like, have a chance to really contribute, really play. I mean, Jaqueline Roy, Eric Taylor, Jacoby and Guillory. I mean, all the guys on the edge edges.
0: Ali Gay.
1: Ali Gay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they've just they they really upgraded the talent level on that defensive line because after next year, I mean, it'll it'll be pretty uh, pretty interesting to see where it goes in terms of the deep, the true defensive tackles. Nose tackles, great, obviously, for the next few years. There was Shelvin and Guillory and, and Apu, uh, on campus. But, but yeah, those defensive tackle types and however they work out defensive end will be, will be interesting, but they got a ton of talent coming in and, and we'll get to see Bill Johnson work with it. We'll get to see Boccolini Di- work with it as he is LSU's next defensive coordinator to replace Dave Aranda. Shay, thanks for jumping on with this pod. It was a good one. I feel like, uh, reacting yeah. to Bocalini news, one coaching staff hired down. Another one. The to big go. one.
0: Yeah, yeah the, the big team. one. Damn. Yeah, as
1: as as everyone on uh Twitter likes to say, who's LSU gonna hire us as its next offensive coordinator? Yeah, yeah, it's
0: already <laughs> happened. So yeah, yeah we yeah. we'll keep track of that. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens with uh, their other hire on offense if it is a passing game coordinator, but it wasn't like the DC search. We had heard rumblings all along about Pellini. If they turned around and named an offensive coach here in the next twenty four hours, It would hit most, it seems, because there's been no reports about who it would be. So keeping it under lock and key. So we'll continue to track it.
1: No doubt. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to this edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and keep it locked on Go 24-7 as we continue to track LSU's run to National Signing Day and who the next coach will be hired for that offensive spot. We'll keep you guys updated as best we can on all that. Hope everyone has a great week, and thanks for listening to the pod.